If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. I suck, you suck, I suck at Call of Duty. The Not Playing Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and today I'm joined by Marcus Hurley and Will. Okay, uh, yeah, it's been a little while since we last recorded, but um, we've definitely played a few games in that time, and actually games from 2019. In the interest of being current, I think we'll kick off with Jedi Fallen Order, which I've been playing. Uh, so uh, I was just to give you a bit of background. Long-term listeners will know I was a little bit miffed when EA cancelled their long-in-development single-player Star Wars game. That's all I really wanted. To me, Star Wars is a franchise about stories, about the Force and all of that context, not just a skin for fucking Battlefield. So, um, yeah, so I was really interested in Jedi Fallen Order. I've really enjoyed Respawn, uh, who have created this game for EA. I've really enjoyed their previous efforts with Titanfall and Titanfall 2 and the single-player campaign of that game, Titanfall 2. Um, so I had high hopes for this. However, all the stuff I'd seen at E3 looked to me a little generic, uh, to be honest. And so I was definitely mm-hmm. not pre-ordering the game. However, uh, on the day of release, for that was the um, embargo, uh, the reviews were pretty good. So I thought I would dive in. Uh, and yeah, overall, I'm really enjoying it. I've spent probably about uh, four or five hours with it, I think, over the weekend. And so far, uh, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot more exploration based than I expected it to be. Um, and the combat is uh, very Dark Souls, as as we were led to believe. So for me, it really is just that perfect melding of a killer franchise and uh, two uh, pillar uh, AAA action games. So, yeah, that's what I think. I must admit, I mean, the reviews look strong. It's not one I've picked up yet because I'm um, still on the Outer Worlds, which I'm sure we'll cover shortly. Um, yep. Story-wise, is it a good proper Star Wars-esque uplifting hero type story. Yeah, well, you play as, um, I forget the name of the character anyway. Kyle. He's a ginger chap. It, yeah, it's like Cow something or other. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's he's basically a Jedi. This is set after Order 66 is decreed in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and so the Jedi are all uh, scattered to the winds at, and or in hiding. And so he's been uh, basically uh, sort of hiding on this big junk planet which is great like and it starts off and you're you're sort of seeing all these huge ships just being like torn to pieces in the background in these big sky boxes while you're kind of shimmying around getting used to the the controls um but then these inquisitors show up 
the jig is up and all of a sudden you have to flee the fuck out of there. Uh, and the opening mission suddenly turns into quite a sort of roller coaster, sort of like like about halfway through it, Uncharted 2, when you're like on trains, jumping off things, you know, hanging <laughs> off bits of scenery that are crumbling and leaping away and all this sort of thing. That's the set, then- set piece type stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit on rails, the first bit there. Um, and and then all of a sudden, um, you sort of, uh, you're sort of rescued and you be- embark upon a quest to try and restore the Jedi Order. We'll, we know how that ends. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, but you kind of have to just, I don't know, suspend your disbelief really to get on with it. Yeah. Um, and and then after that, you find yourself bodding around uh, a, a series of different planets. I understand there's only about five or six in the total. In total, but um, every time, I think my understanding is that as you revisit these planets, uh, your abilities unlock uh, areas that you previously couldn't get to. Uh, so I'm I'm, I'm okay. on the uh, yeah. You get. I think you get the you start off with the ability to hold enemies in place for a short amount of time and you can like extend a, like that. Like a force cuddle sort of thing. Yeah, like a force grip yeah. sort of thing. And and then you get the ability to wall run, uh, I think on the second planet, which allows you to get to some places that were previously out of reach. And these these revelations occur to you uh in the form of like mini flashbacks with your old Jedi Master that you just flash back to and sort of teaches you as you go. And then the third on the third planet that I've visited, I've now unlocked the ability to force push, which uh has involved some like sort of um physics-based puzzles as you're trying to sort of maneuver these big globes around to unlock the scenery and allow you to get around uh the area um and and you all the while you're getting like bits of lore delivered to you via like holocrons and and via your cool little droid he'll like sort of show you messages that come up as you get to areas that are you know relevant areas uh to sort of carry on the story so I'm off to see the Wookiees next. The wonderful Wookiees <laughs> of Endor? No. <laughs> Kashyyyk. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the combat's cool. Uh, it, there's... <laughs> like it. There's, uh, there's four difficulty settings. I actually bumped it up because it actually shows you, like, the various sort of, like, uh, like in the more recent Tomb Raider game, it shows you what the difficulties, what the difficulties actually do uh, to various aspects of the gameplay. So I thought okay. I'd just even the playing field and go up to Jedi Master. And so far, it's proving quite a challenge, actually. Um, you basically get like two little health shots before, in between meditations. When you meditate, that resets the level. So all the enemies respawn, which is what I understand okay. is is the case in Dark Souls. Yeah, I, uh, I read it's, it's, it's the, the bonfires. It's like a bonfire yeah, exactly. sort of yeah. thing, yeah. So you have to be a little bit tactical with that uh sometimes it's obvious when to do it sometimes you really need to do it and uh you just you just have to um uh you know bear with it but yeah basically if you get killed if you i think you have to go and attack the thing that killed you and you get all your xp back then um so you okay. do yeah that's the soul yeah element yeah as well. so you do eventually uh you know get to recover any any uh any experience that you've lost and also 
naturally sort of, you know, your skill uh, raises as you get killed more and more. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, really learning how to use that dodge button when I've got these enemies that just like to fucking charge straight at you. Um, and, and yeah, as you get XP, you get to level up different skills so you can choose health or the force um or you know various upgrades uh, i'm and, assuming you play like powers. the way i do which is always fuck health i want to make damage right uh actually no <laughs> I, I generally tend to respond to how the game is treating me mm. so in this case i found that i was dying a little more than i wanted to so i did actually go health but i didn't go health <laughs> yeah. first i actually i did enhance one of my lightsaber abilities first then I went health, but I'm, and then I went force actually. So I'm quite glad because now I've got to a point where uh, my understanding of the force has unlocked all these extra abilities. I think it's just because I got to a certain level, and I'm now free to kind of go in whichever direction I like. So uh, that's that's nice. maybe a, not a bad little tip there actually. If you uh, if you want to have options, maximum options, should you in, should you play it? <clears throat> to be honest, um, I'm looking to pick it up probably a little bit later on in the year yeah when i've got through a couple of games and stuff um because I, I did find it quite intriguing um i always i was i've been looking forward to a nice single player star wars story game for a while um my only interest in battle front field fence two um was right. um the single player story that well-known uh... <laughs> yeah um, well, you know, it's just a skin. But my only... I mean, I, I didn't go through with the purchase at the end. But my only interest in that was the story they were talking about for it, which I don't know was any, whether it was any good or not. And it was like a follow-up to Return of the Jedi or something. Or maybe after the first film, where you played a Stormtrooper after the Death Star I don't Star think explodes. I've ever heard anyone and talk it's... about the single-player content to Battlefront 1 or no, 2. No, but that's what... It, that's, that was what, yeah, Battlefront 2, that's what intrigued me. That was the only reason why I had a pre-order. I think it was about four hours um, long. Yeah, it wasn't really yeah. much at all. So that's why mode. I was like, no, I'm out. This is this is apparently... <laughs> the, the idea of it intrigued me. And to see a full game like this with the um, Respawn guys, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> multiplayer to this. It's just a 20-hour long, roughly, uh, single-player game. It's almost like a throwback. It feels like this game shouldn't mm. be able to exist in a way. Like it's almost a miracle, you know, that they allowed this to happen. Because yeah. I haven't played a game this indulgent and sort of. It's. I mean, at first I thought it was quite linear, um, but as soon as you get onto the planets, there's very little hand holding. You can, if you if you're if you're getting a little bit stuck, uh, you can ask for a hint off the droid. Um, but I've rarely encountered the need to do that. Do Do you think it exists because it's mainly EA maybe making a decision they want a slice of the Dark Souls style pie because there have been quite a few games in the last couple of years that have come out using that form. You've had Neo, um, you've had, well, all the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, you've had, um, oh, what was it, Ghosts of, not Ghosts of Shim, no, um, the one where you die and resurrect again, Shadows Die Bless you. Yeah, yeah, security. Which yeah. I actually forgot yeah. about and um, re-added to my wish list in light of my enjoyment yeah, of this game. I know, I want to play that. I really want to get that. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's it's kind of like, it's almost like that genre has been cemented now as an acceptable alternative, as opposed to just being, oh, this is game Dark Souls, where you'll just die over and yeah, over this, again. Yeah, Soulsborne has become like a genre, definitely. Great. Yeah, it's become, a, it's become its own 
sort of option. And I think maybe they've just thought, well, we'll 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 like to have a game well, in their class. Which I don't really care what the decision was. It ended with a nice game but for us. What we have from the sounds of it is a Soulsborne Metroidvania, so a combination of the of four aspects mm. there, or two dual <laughs> yeah. aspects, um, but with lightsabers. Nicely Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you, Rob. I can't believe that this from is coming. Uh, yeah, I was um, expecting it to be bloated. Yeah. I, I half expected them to be to not realise they've released I thought, it. I, I just I just was worried that they were going to rush this out and just shit it out to yeah. sort of appease the, the the people that were complaining. But it looks like EA have actually you know put their money where their mouth is. Actually hired a, a decent amount of resource to get something out that's a pretty damn good quality Mental, game. I have to say there are moments like that that I do notice the frame rate hitch a bit, but there is like a performance mode you can put on if you're not bothered about yeah. 4K. Uh, or you, and you really want that like 60 frames per second but that is also an option in this game and that's so, PS Pro yeah, it's like prioritising frame rate yeah on, on Playstation Pro that you can get 60 frames out of it if you if you choose uh, but I've not found myself cheated enough like you know I've, I've felt like most of the times I've died it's been through my own inability to wield the force properly <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I think that's very much a, a gamer's choice, isn't it? You know, whether you want the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the 1080 level of HD or the 4K um, and pick the frame rate. Personally, I use a smaller monitor for gaming on my Pro. I've got a 4K monitor, but it's only a little, and so I'd probably go with the frame rate. But it's good to have that choice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've only noticed it a couple of times because there are some quite fast bits because you'll you'll be mantling around and you'll you'll jump through an area and then you'll be sliding around and then have to leap up grab grab a rope jump onto a wall mm. walk along that and like there can be like just a little bit of a hitch but, but the levels are enormous um and uh to to in order to accommodate that kind of uh what's it called uh that kind of locomotion you know like that kind <laughs> of uh traversal you know it's pretty it's pretty cool mm. so yeah I, I really rate it uh it's definitely one of the best things I've played this year, but I haven't played oh, that, that much. Awesome. So <laughs> make of that what you will. Yeah, but aren't, aren't you glad this is one of them? Though? Yeah, I'm glad they nailed <laughs> like... it. They they absolutely nailed it, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Any complaints at the moment are just minor quibbles. I think sounds good. To be honest, with any game, you're gonna have you're gonna have a certain element of gaming fatigue which then annoys you and you find something that you kind of think oh well this could have been better or whatever but then you know I don't think there is a perfect there, game but what we, the, the thing is with Star Wars I think you had quite low expectations or were doing your very best to manage them and the facts that it, it's actually turned out to be a well reviewed and decent game if, if you'd expected the perfect game you may have been disappointed but coming into it hoping yeah. for something that's not shit and getting something above that happy days <laughs> Sounds way above it as well, don't it? So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm well happy. Um, but uh, speaking of quibbles, uh, you've you've found a few with Outer World since you've been playing it, haven't you, Will? I can't decide. I've been playing it some mm. more today. I've put quite a lot of time into it. It is a good game. So to, for the background for those, so this is out of Obsidian Entertainment. It was created before they were purchased by Microsoft, but I think a sequel with the Microsoft funding behind it could be a genuinely fascinating thing. Um, so what we have is a Bethesda style, and I think it's the best way to describe it, um, first-person RPG 
I'm not going to say open world because it isn't. It's set in a number of planets with small um, zones, probably the best way to put it. They're kind of open world maps, but a collection of small ones turns out, even if they were stitched together, just aren't as much fun as one big place where you can go, what's over that mountain or what's behind there? Yeah. So this is, this oh, so is my you issue think that, number you you think that counts against it then? I do, actually, yeah. So you do a map. The maps are small, so you just cover everything in a map. There's very little reason to ever go back, whereas... Okay. To, let, let me start with the positives. So it's fun. It is fun. Um, the premise behind it is you are the... Soul survivor is the wrong term. You are a member of the crew or one of the the new colonists sent through on a ship called the Hope, and that is out to colonise planets out in the outer worlds. Uh, Something's gone wrong. Everyone on the crew has been frozen, and you are unfrozen, defrosted, microwaved, however you want to put it, by a mad scientist (laughs) who has picked you and you alone due to your special skills. Uh, And generally those special skills can be a background in uh, vending machine repair, Lift engineering, um, yeah, science laboratory assistant. Um, it's, it's lovely that they don't go. Oh yes, yes, rocket scientist, we- ballistic weapons manufacturer. No, it's just it's literally janitor level stuff. Yeah, I had so talk. much joy just reading all those options. It's yeah. so like Red Dwarf sort of style. It, very much so. So you come in and you're dumped on this planet, and you have to go and build influence, skill yourself up, and complete quests in a fairly Fallout, Skyrim style approach. You meet people, you talk to people around, you get quests, you learn things, you do things, you level up, you find new weapons, you find new armor, you have companions, and the companion system's pretty well done. And everything about it sounds perfect and exactly the game I want. But for some reason, it's just not sticking with me. I think I've been thinking on this a lot. So the only, the game that is best compared with is Fallout. But one of the things in the Fallout universe is I find the survival stories that have come from our alternate reality, I can understand and appreciate and have more empathy with than the far-flung future where people are sent out. And this is all corporate-owned stuff. So I have a little bit of um, separation from it. And I think one of my main criticisms, the gunplay's good, the melee combat's rubbish, but the the gunplay's really quite enjoyable. But the variety of weapons has not particularly changed from when I was – I'm at level 28 or so, let's say. Um, Yeah. But I'm finding the same weapons. I found nothing new weapon-wise, just upgraded versions of the same guns that you start with. Not not at any point have I really gone, oh, that's a completely different, you know, a game-changing item. Um, The companion quests are all right. I've basically completed all of those. I think when I started off, what I was trying to do was do what I always do, which is complete every quest in the book because every quest is interesting. But I'm finding most of the side quests aren't particularly. The stories don't engage me. But now what I've done is I've started just really playing through the main quest, doing my companion side quests or whatever to hand, but not caring about uncompleted quests. And I'm finding I'm less bored. Um, I've got a quite a nice character build i'm a stealthy sniper type going for the headshots the criticals i love the tactical time dilation which is basically that but really just go into slow-mo and pick your shots you get extra critical damage that stuff's all good um i play the the sneaky charmer type what i do enjoy is that your speech abilities really make a difference in quests and having a high speech skill will also for example on the, the persuasion skill 
if you shoot a human enemy, they're quite likely to cower in fear if you're particularly persuasive. If you're a, if you're a, oh yeah, yeah, your intimidate skill. If you're fighting creatures, they're more likely to run away in terror. And with the, I think it's the lying skill will cause robots to attack other robots. So your speech skills not only are good for non-combat situations, they they affect your combat as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's a good game. Okay. It just needs a little bit more time. And I think so, more unique weapons, um, a, a proper open world. I, I dislike the hopping between planets to do quests. I like one big map. But there's some good humour in there. Nothing that's particularly made me uh, ruffle. Um, but yeah, it's a good RPG, but it's not scratching that itch. And I can't precisely define why. Do you think I've I've spent a little bit of time in this game? I've I've kind of just got off the first world, uh, so I I I can't uh, pretend I you know I bow to your better judgment, really, having played spent more time with it. But um, do you think there just might not be quite enough game here for you, uh, you know, or or to to offer the same level of satisfaction as something like Fallout? That's kind of just. Just, just a bigger game, you know. Like, I, I get the impression this, from everything I've heard, this is a slighter game than that. I think it might be an element of that. I mean, what I was, I was thinking, you know, you get these companies, and the companies will give you quests, and you'll go up in their estimation. But uh, maybe less Fallout, although there's elements with that in, you know, the whole Brotherhood of Steel or the, um, the various NCR type sides, or particularly when I think about the Elder Scrolls, and you join the Fighters Guild or the Thieves Guild or the Mages Guild, and you go through all these quest lines that feel almost as big as the main quest in Outer Worlds. Um, it's, I, th- I think it might literally be that. I can't lose myself in the game because the game's not quite big enough to get lost in. Maybe, yeah. maybe you've got it there. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I it's was... It's not bad, I, though. Yeah. I, I was impressed with the writing overall. That's always been really strong. I think yes. if, if, Obsidian, if Obsidian were, like, given, like, a series of... Fuck knows, like uh, a TV show that we all like. They would make probably the best version of that TV show that we all like. You know, they they are they are peerless. Oh, Obsidian's Batman. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean. Like they, they are really good content deliverers. Yes. You know, they 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 take they they don't really innovate, but they are they are excellent storytellers. Yeah. Um, Bearing in mind, and, not a few years ago, they were published, they were effectively getting games out there via Kickstarter. They've got this, to, you know, they did, they did that, they virtually come yeah. back from the dead. They got some games yeah. out through Kickstarter, got those well-reviewed. They took a proper kicking um, back in the Fallout days. They got their own stuff up. They got this picked up by a publisher. They got it out the door. But now they've got Microsoft behind them. And I think this game has been enough of a success. It's got the same Metacritic rating, as Fallout New Vegas, yeah, um, which I think is pretty wow. incredible, really. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. With Microsoft's well. money behind them, <laughs> I think if they, if and when they're ready to do a sequel, I think it will be a totally different game. And I think they will understand what they've do done think, well, and they'll double down. Do you think there'll be expansions to it to make the game I don't. bigger? Do you reckon? I don't. I don't want to speculate, but I just think. Do you think it was no? I, 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 small... I don't. I think there may have been an intention, but now they're owned by Microsoft. Yeah. The, who would publish it? They can't publish yeah. expansions to a different publisher's game. So unless something's already done out there, I find it quite unlikely. That's Pure, good purely I, business I, reasons. I think there will be more, though. I mean, apparently, this game has been a huge success, even though they were practically giving it away on Xbox Live Game Pass. Mm. 
Uh, apparently, it's done the numbers for them. I think it's uh, got a lot of subscriptions well. on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's like been a, like a stranger things for them. Mm. Um, but yeah, like my only real bugbear with the game so far is that it's just built on clearly old, old technology, which uh, really showed its limitations when like, I think I was at the end of a quest line and I was just, I just was trying to do the conversation thing and get the best outcome. And I was literally just like load screen, talk to person. Okay. Back load screen, fast travel, talk to person, fast travel, load screen. Talk to person, load screen, and I was doing that for about twenty minutes. I could have like avoided the load screens by walking everywhere, but I'd already walked back and forward like quite a few times. So I, I, maybe I just did the quest in the wrong order, and I was tired, and I just I don't know. It, it is worth mentioning actually the the supernova difficulty. So I started. Look, I've been playing it on hard. Uh, I started on normal, and I found it just a bit too easy. So I've been playing it on hard. Most of my time spent with it on hard. I did start a game, and I actually messaged you guys saying, I think this is how it's meant to be played. Um, yeah, so supernova yeah. difficulty, you can't fast travel except back to your ship. So you do have to walk everywhere. But when they're relatively small maps, that's not a major problem. The real problem with supernova difficulty, and the only issue you'll have is the permadeath of your companions. If they die, uh... they die. There's no... So they can fall in battle, and there are a couple of ways to quickly revive them. But once they're proper dead, they're proper dead, which I don't think actually will stop me. I've, if, if I wanted to platinum the game, which I think I could, I would probably play through on that mode. Um, but it is the sheer frustration of dying um, on this on the supernova mode. You can't sleep outside of the ship. You get the hunger and thirst, but that's kind of cool because all of the food you find that I just sell food and drink you use. Uh, but the real problem is it's very hard to just save. You can basically yeah. go in and out of a building uh, and that's where it saves. So if you've spent ages clearing up on the main map and then suddenly get slugged in the back of the head, you do what I do, presumably, which is swear, turn it off and start a new game, not on that difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an experience, but it does for the people with the patience. I think it's uh, it's it's the yeah. role play way to play it, definitely. Cool. All right then. Well, me and Will have spoken quite a lot, but uh, um, so we should probably hear from you, Marcus, and what you've been playing. I've finally got around to a game that I was looking forward to. Uh, I think this year's E three or something, um, or maybe before then. I'm not sure. Devil May Cry cool. Five. Um, which I'm wondering as I've been playing this, why the flipping hell I didn't pick this up sooner? Um, <laughs> it, it, I think maybe because I didn't feel as though I was in that place. Because as as listeners will know, my gaming life kind of almost flatlined. You know, I wasn't really playing much and everything else. So it's taken me a while to kind of re get that spark and that hunger and that urge again. And having chucked myself into this time sync game um side effect of that is that i've actually gotten better Wait. at gaming again <laughs> so um yeah i anyway, devil may cry 5 um for those who don't know yes it's the fifth one in the series there were four before by capcom uh japan and um there was a there was one done by i think platinum studios i think uh no it um, was uh it was no, um it was it was Ninja Theory. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. Ninja Theory, yeah. They did a version of the game. Great studio. Which 
which which had which actually was actually a really good game. Um, only thing about it was that it took the character and the storyline and changed and did a one-off version of it. it. Had great combat, great mechanics, great music, great scenery, great game in general. It just annoyed a lot of fans because it wasn't the next game they were hoping, and then kind of killed the series. Um, but yeah, it got announced uh, this year's E. I think last year's E3 or something. And then, um, yeah, the fifth one got announced and it's been released, and I picked it up for so, dirt cheap. And I've been loving so it. So I've never played any of them, that I, I recall. It's I to describe them, they are they are very much like a bayonetta style hack and slash kind of game. Um, they're not really like Soulsy. They are kind of like you enter an area and you have to defeat the enemies to progress through the area. And it does bring back that sort of gameplay style. Is it all the points style. for combos type stuff? Yeah. Um, that's all optional. You, If you okay. want to do that, right. you can do that. Um, you get you get like a little bit come up. Obviously, being a Capcom game, and it kind of... You can choose to be as stylish as you the want. Arcades, and if you, if you really learn like the combination styles and all that, you can put together some pretty mental combos of just juggling it's enemies quite, but you can it's ignore quite that. rewarding you can it's quite that. rewarding if you explore that yeah. part of it i yeah. find but you can just go through it because i've at times i've just gone and no i'm just going to shoot you in the face on the other side <laughs> yeah. of the room i'm you can quite do happy that as to well, shoot yeah. you in the face i'll just shoot you in the face oh you're dead now yay <laughs> um but yeah the fact that you're given a gun and sword combo and stuff but this character has been given a game mechanic because of the way the plot was he gets his arm pulled off by someone in as part of the storyline the opening storyline so you basically have right. a robotic arm and it allows you to do a series of moves you either get like a flash stun effect you can pull enemies towards you you can pull yourself towards enemies um all sounds very familiar to games that have come out indeed <laughs> but to be honest but then the variation is you get different types of arms that you could pick up as you're going around oh. um, so there's like different ones and you've got different skills That's one of them of actually race. if you're in midair yeah <laughs> literally Sorry. um some of them are more useful towards the larger bosses uh one of them fires a shockwave out which when you use on the ground blasts the enemy away or but if you're in the air allows you to kind of almost rocket jump (laughs) so you get like extra maneuverability you can basically just keep blasting his arm in the air and fly around the back of a boss and avoid like large attacks and stuff like that so there's there's kind of like really good gameplay mechanics and i was enjoying it just sort of putting together little bits and pieces and the way that the combat works is that you've got certain attacks where you pull back and away and stuff but it's away from the opponent as opposed to generically back and whatever so you have to be aware of which way you're facing so there is a little bit of learning but you can just i'm kind of assuming it being a sort of a japanesey fighting type game it the the plot is utter nonsense um well, the plot does continue, and it's all about... Well, it starts off with these two brothers, and they are the sons of a demon king. Yeah, so, so it's very yeah, Japanese. Um, <laughs> who, who isn't these one days? One of them is a half... They're both half-demons. Yeah, they're both half-demon, and um, they're the sons of Sparta, and it's all about their legacy and people trying to take over and become the king of hell. And basically, Dante was the guy that 
stops them and Virgil, his brother, has always been the eternal antagonist. And the games go through the story of, it's almost like going backwards in time because the first enemy you fight is actually your brother Virgil, but you don't realise this until the third game. So it's kind of like it unravels the story as the games go on in reverse sequence. In sense, do you need to have played um, the, the originals to? No, fight? not really. To be honest, you kind of you really jumping into this. It doesn't matter one bit. You get a generic idea. It tells you at the start. Um, it just fills in the blanks. Then you just yeah. get on with it. Um, the the person who I don't know if you remember the trailer, but there's like a a woman that drives like a big. A team style van, and she's constantly smoking cigarettes, and um, she's just like this really loud, obnoxious, over the top sort of character. But she would fit in in kind of like a weird Fallout game and a bit weird. And she like literally drives a van at demons and flips it round, and the kid gets out, and starts <laughs> shooting demons. She's like grabbing a cigarette out of midair, and then it kind of flips and lands and everything. And it's it's that kind of manic, over the top stuff, and it's just absolute bonkers cool. fun. Um, I was grinning like a bastard for a lot of it, thinking, this is really fun. It's really like over-the-top dialogue. You know, the guy is a big demon, big first boss is a big demon, and he throws an ambulance at the character Nero, and you see it come towards him, and it pauses just before, and the door at the side of the ambulance is there, and then it flips into the wall and smashes out, and he just gets out, and he goes, what? No chit-chat? No kiss? No (laughs) bang-bang? And it's just like, it's that kind of shitty in taunting humour. And it's just, the dialogue is silly, but it's fun. It just adds to it. He's like, he's a cocky son of a bitch and he knows it. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And it's really mental things you could do. Like I discovered one of the arm actually shoots off and starts beating up the opponent. (laughs) (laughs) So you can fly off it and just watch it smacking around the face. And um, you get a charge up attack with it that breaks the arm, but it allows you to do like a proper devastating move. Um, One of them is like a ridiculously oversized beam. And as he's charging, he goes, it's time to give you a taste of the good shit. (laughs) And this big stupid beam comes out and it it blows up the arm. So you have to like either, you get like a set of them stacked. So, and you increase your magazine of them as you pick them up and you have to, you can go back and swap them around. So you're stockpiling arms. So it's kind of, yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's an arms (laughs) race, like you said earlier. But um, I haven't even got to whether there's different weapons and stuff as well. And there's another element of combat in which, um, obviously being Japanese and weird, his sword can be revved, which allows you to tap into other moves. So you've got like levels as well, which you unlock through collecting orbs and stuff through killing creatures. So you can kind of rev it up, and as you do moves, you get like a extra flame element, or the move doubles or triples yeah. and stuff like that. So you can kind of, and then you can tie that into combat. So there is like a crazy amount of depth to it, and that's just the basic hack and slash. However, this surprised me. There is another character you play right. called V. Um, and this guy is the exact opposite of your typical main guy with gun and sword. He controls two demons, a sort of panther yeah. and a bird. And your job is to n- your you don't actually have much physical ability mm. to fight. You control these two creatures whilst trying not to get hit. Okay. So it's yeah, it's this is what this is why you don't know, I message you guys going. I, I can't believe they've done this. This is really yeah. mental. Like, I was thinking to myself, I would play a game with this character simply because it's combat in a way I've never yeah. experienced. 
in a kind of active way. You've got uh, the bird you attack aerial-wise. You can hold down buttons. You're almost like trying to keep your eye on two things at the same time whilst running around yourself trying not to get hit. But then once the enemy's reached a certain level, you have to run in and strike it with his cane, and that's the delivering finishing blow to kill the enemy. Wow. So it's almost like you're a general now, running around controlling two elements and then having to run in and do the finishing blow and then get out and i've fought a couple of bosses with this character and i'm thinking i really like this but i'm i'm not looking forward to going back to the sword bloke because i've forgotten how to use him (laughs) (laughs) but it's and the story it's just intriguing and it's like he pulls out a book and starts reading poetry to build up his devil gauge and he 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 has like a gauge and when it fills up he summons his big golem and it just starts going around the map smacking people up (laughs) And I, I'm just I'm just loving the feel of it because they've based the city that you're in on sort of like a London okay. UK feel. So and it feels it. The architecture is very Londony. You've got an approximation of Piccadilly Circus in some way. You've got the ambulances and everything. Even like barrier signs. You know, you get American barriers are usually just steel. These are the orangey plastic ones that you would see nice. on the side of the road. <laughs> and like scaffolding, everything about it. It it feels like East End London, in a sense. Cool. cool. So, good, yeah, no, good combat, nonsense storyline. and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised, considering how long it's been away. I would say fans of the game would love it, and anyone looking to kind of maybe try out the game, it's a good way of getting into yeah, it I put, as well, without having to worry about any of the others, really. Yeah, I put... And, and also, also, at also, the start, the main character... Um, Dante, who's the main the, the sort of poster boy of the series, he gets defeated, so you don't know what's happened to him. Ah. So you're not even playing as the, the main person from the series. Okay. They've played with that before, though, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I put round on uh, the Game Dump uh, group, I put round a list that Thrill List had put together of the best games of uh, the year, and uh, that one's on there. So Yeah, it's amazing so far. And I, I've barely scratched the surface. I mean, with all of the others, the main character, whenever he defeated people, <laughs> you would get different weapons that had different abilities and stuff. I'm imagining that with this, it would be the arms would be the main element that you would keep changing. Because as you kill more things, you take a remnant of it back to, um can't remember her name, Nico, I think. And she basically crafts something new from it. Cool. So, yeah, so that's like, yeah, gives you I, upgrades I, yeah, and stuff. I recommend it. I'm I'm absolutely loving it. But um, yeah, cool. No. <laughs> yeah. Also on that uh, list is another game that I've been playing called Control, which is the new game from Remedy, who made Max Payne and um, Alan nice. Wake, and also some other games that we probably don't need to mention. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a return to form, and you play as Jesse. You play as Jesse Fadden. And she is the new director of this Bureau of Control, which is a secret U.S. government facility. Um, it's all a bit X-Files and weird and involves you infiltrating the oldest house, which is the, the office of this uh, agency. And you go around and there's all these sort of uh, there's like these presences that you have to defeat with telekinesis and very a gun that you can kind of unlock different abilities of and as you kind of wrestle control back uh the sort of walls transform and uh 
just like remolds the building and stuff. It's pretty weird, um, but I've been enjoying it so far. They've really got the gameplay down, and uh, yeah, I recommend it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's gone under the radar a little bit just because there's been a lot out, but um, yeah, I recommend that. Um, I also bought a Switch finally. Yeah, so I'm part of the Switch Club, um, and before I mention any of the games I've been playing on my Switch, it's the Switch Lite, actually, I got in the end, figured I'm probably only going to play it on the train, which so far has run true. Uh, But yeah, you've been playing a game on the Switch, haven't you, Will? Oh, Goose Game. (coughs) Yes, I did mention it uh, when we recorded last. Um, Untitled Goose Game, I think it's become a bit of a meme um, a yeah. lot of people seem it's, to have heard about it, even those outside of the gaming circles. I think it's been a bit of a system seller, actually, from what I understand. Yeah. Okay. Like, people have been buying Switches just to play this game. Yeah, it's funny, because it's on all the other platforms, but uh, I suppose Switch is the uh, the friendly one. But yes, I played it on my commute. Um, I had a lovely time. It was very much what I was expecting, which was the uh, almost an homage to um, How to Be a Complete Bastard. The other thing I've seen it compared to is Hitman. Which I kind of like because it is—it's got those elements. But rather yeah. than um, you know find a way to send the victim through the roof using a rocket chair, it's uh, steal the young boy's glasses. Um, and <laughs> you might to steal his glasses. The the way I found was to sneak up behind him and uh, undo his shoelaces and then honk loudly so he ran away scared and tripped over his shoelaces. Um, and then he'd pick <laughs> his glasses up. But then there might be another challenge, which is make the boy wear a different pair of glasses which is a similar principle, but you've got to shoplift a pair of glasses. Or on the on the young boy scenario, who you're really quite mean to, to be honest, uh, make him buy his own stuff back <laughs> and uh, stealing his toy aeroplane and uh, putting it down in the shop um, so that when he goes to pick up his toy aeroplane, the shopkeeper says, basically, uh, that's mine. <laughs> and you see it by back. Uh, there's all sorts of things. And you just go into this gorgeous little sleepy English village um, causing really low-grade mayhem. And I mean really low-grade. Nobody yeah. gets hurt. I think the closest to getting hurt is when you've got to make the groundskeeper hit his thumb. Um, <laughs> it's it's delightful. It's got a wonderful finish to it. And then extra quests. It's not a big game. I think I probably spent five hours on it. I didn't complete the full list. I, I did the list to be able to complete it the first time around. It then gives you a, a set of, like, you know, post Credits challenges. Um, challenges, yeah. I think I'd had enough at that point. Uh, I may well go back to it and uh, pick it up again and do it all again. Um, but it's just, it was just a delightful change from my usual level of uh, eviscerating people and monsters in the most violent ways I can find. <laughs> uh, it was a nice little puzzle. I actually saw um, a car with a sticker to honk if you're horny, and he the actually had the goose, goose on there. Nice. <laughs> I, I may yeah, see if I can awesome. get an untitled goose sticker for my van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm going to get it, but um, when I picked up my Switch, there uh, there was like a bit of a sale on. So I just t- kind of went into Steam sale mode and just kind of snagged everything that was on offer. Uh, so, so far, I've got uh, the most recent games that I've got so far are My Friend Pedro and Katana Zero. So, uh, my friend Pedro is from those lovely people at Devolver. Yes. Uh, I think Katana Zero is his is Katana well, Zero, actually. yeah. So, I, I, I've played and completed Katana Zero twice now, actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, love it. 
it's, it's a good, it's it's a game I quite happily went back and did a second time round. Um, after a bit of a gap, yeah, lovely game. Too short, but excellent. Yeah, I've, I, you know what, I, I, I play, I picked it up. I think I started playing it on like Thursday or Friday night on the way home, um, and I started getting through it. And and it's like it's, it's sort of like Hotline Miami, but like a platform side scrolling version of yeah. that. Yeah, so you where the the sort of premise is that you're you're as you go through the level, that's you planning it out. And then once you've actually successfully done that, it goes, oh, yeah, that's what I did. Yes. You know, and then it plays it like a replay of what you did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I think I was just a bit tired or stupid or whatever, and I missed it. But when I picked it up the second time, I just pl- pressed all the buttons to try and remember what was what. And I, and I completely forgot that there's like a slowdown button. <laughs> yes, that, that becomes quite important down the line. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that, <laughs> definitely, because you need to like use your katana to flick bullets back yes. and uh, and let them strike or or Stop get to a place and, and be able to throw all four items down the corridor so that all four guys running at you uh, get imp- impaled by cakes and plates or whatever you throw in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I, I don't think it'll be too long before we see a sequel to that. I'm sure it's I'm convinced it sold very well for whoever developed it. And the end, if I recall correctly, had, was quite cliffhanger It was quite a sudden finish. So I'm hoping we'll see a chapter two. Cool, yeah. Because it's got quite a compelling little story going on as well at the same time. It's genuinely so. interesting. The bad guy, or one of the bad guys, um, is bad. Really bad and really enjoyable to finally take down. <clears throat> In a pixelated type way. Indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the other game that I've been playing that's reasonably recent is My Friend Pedro. And this is basically like a physics platform game where you play this guy who's being spoken to by an imaginary banana um, and basically has to just kill every fucking thing in the room. Uh, the, thing, the, the kind of uh, thing about this is that you've got like, again, you've got like a slowdown button, um, but you've got like a kick and, and, and it's also, it, as you play, it's quite a long game, actually. There's quite a few levels. And it does really lean into its platforming later on uh, in some weird ways. And it takes you to some very far out places. There's also a few bits where you're like uh, on, a, on a moving vehicle uh, or you'll just be on a bike or something or you're, or you're actually in a car or, or on a motorbike, I think, and you're just shooting things all around you and stuff. Uh, so it's got the pace of like a fairly modern action game. Uh, but you do get to do some incredible gun ballet, like because you there'll be bits where you you could you have to like press the spin button to avoid to basically dodge bullets um, whilst sort of flying up in the air upside down, locking onto one enemy whilst shooting another, and kind of in slow motion. So you're actually spinning quite a few plates uh, by the time you get a little way into the game. Um, but yeah, if it's on sale, I recommend it. It's it, there's a bit more to it than you might think, you know. It's uh, it's, it's it's quite um, it's quite a decent, substantial package for a game that I think I spent less than ten quid on. I think it was uh, one guy developed it, I believe. Uh, he had uh, help help with the music, but did the whole thing himself, which is pretty cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. Probably helped by an imaginary banana. <laughs> 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 yeah, p- possibly. Um, the the one thing um, I, I, I'll just mention a couple of other little things I've played on Switch. Uh, Cuphead, I finally got round to. Too hard. Uh, this it is very hard, <laughs> but I I've 
It's unforgiving. I, yeah, I, it's just. I know what you mean, but I tell you what, I got through and I did all of the. Well, because at first, yeah, you can do the boss because a lot, a lot of it, yeah. There's a couple of like traditional platform levels that I've played so far, but the majority of it is just boss fights, which I'm not a big fan of. I'm a fan of the art style, though. It looks lovely, but but all of the levels and the bosses, they're like there's two difficulty settings, and at first I was like, oh god, I've heard this game is hard. I'll play it just on like the novice level, but in order to actually finish the game, you have to fi- finish them all at the most difficult level. So really, uh, I was wasting my time at first, so and I won't do that mode. anymore. Yeah, it's just there. I think if you're a wuss, really, but like if you want to actually finish the game, you have to play it on hard anyway. And all that it really means is that you just have to kind of just hold, hang in there a little bit longer, <laughs> um, which I've managed to do successfully on the first world. So I've sort of finished all that, and at the moment, you know, I could probably leave it there. You know, it, it's not like I'm that compelled to get through it but i just like that it's on my on my system just if i want to try it you know it's just a nice one to have in the in the uh in the collection you know you've had a nice slice of cuphead and you you've got the flavor you know what it's all about you've you've gritted your teeth and you've gone okay i understand now yeah i feel like that's (laughs) enough of an achievement that i've done the first world and and like there's only there's three more so i'm like about 25 percent in that through it uh, yeah, the few times I've played it, it reminded me of those god awful games of trying to stick it through those um, Project Raiden games. You know, the, the top down shoot 'em ups with a ridiculous. Actually, no, R type. That's what it reminded yeah, me of. Yeah, there are a couple of levels that are. Well, the there is one level that is exactly like, like R type. <laughs> where you're just like, what the hell do I do at this <laughs> yeah, point? Yeah, you can like make you can make yourself very small to when 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 the bullet hell gets too intense. Yeah, you can actually shrink yourself so that you can dodge around some of it a bit more. Yeah, it's oh, fucking wicked. intense. But you, yeah, you, you, oh, it's it, it. It honestly though, that game is uh, and games of that type with that instant reach retry. I don't mind dying loads if I as long as I can get back into it immediately. Yeah, Katana Zero is good for that. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it makes the commute like time travel. It really does because you get hooked yeah. into that loop, and you just you just keep doing it, you keep doing it, and all of a sudden you're you're at home. Yeah. Um. So 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 that's good. <laughs> the switch is um, wonderful for that. Oh, it is so good. Honestly, I was standing up just this just tonight. I was standing up. I think I, I was about two thirds of the way on the overground, and I finally got a seat. And I just stuck on Final Fantasy XII to get past that bit I was annoyed with, <laughs> where you have to go and raise your pro, pro, uh, your uh, importance or whatever, your no- notoriety. Mm. And uh, and I got through that. And then all, and I was at fucking Stratford. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, one game that hasn't really done the trick, though, is Return of the Oberdin, which uh, I think we mentioned back earlier in the year when we went to the BAFTAs. Oh, we all went, won- we have to try this. It's won so many awards. So you, so you, yeah, you yeah. you've taken the bullet. Yeah, I, I, I've taken one for the team, and uh, I think it's a tremendous artistic achievement and a, a tremendous achievement for just one guy. However, is it fun? Uh, no, uh, not not in the slightest. <laughs> uh, because basically, what you're doing is you're basically you go onto this ship and you find a little thing. You get a watch. You go up to a corpse. You press one of the buttons. And then you are then looking at a still life scene that happened at some point on the ship. Now, what you have to then do is 
you have to then figure out who the per- person was, who they, how they were killed, and who killed them. And you do this by basically repeating that over and over. Now, the still life varies from someone getting shot in the head to, spoiler alert, a horrible big squiddy thing mantling its way over the ship. And all of a sudden there's lots of death and stuff and confusion. But for that game, for that, for those scenes to make sense, visual sense in two colors is incredible. And plot, you know, he went totally artistic direction. Yes. Well done. Round of applause. You win. You know, well done. You've, you've put other far more financed and heavily resourced companies to shame just on your own. Well done. But yeah, the, the, the act of actually going round and filling in and trying to figure out all of these, who all of these different crew people are, and there's about 40 of them. Um, and the fact that you are, you actually begin, I think, I don't know if it's at the very end, but it's very near the end of, of this book that you're trying to fill in the gaps of. So you're kind of starting almost like at the penultimate chapter and then you're and then moving halfway back. So I, I'm sure like, you know, he's trying to do this in a sort of Tarantino sort of fill in the gaps type way. Um, and all of that's very commendable. But uh, yeah, it's 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 for me, it, as I said, I think on the on the WhatsApp, it will remain to me a Rubik's Cube like curio that I may get out once in a while just to have a look at and or maybe see if I like it again like olives you know I try olives every few years to see if I can fucking stomach them and maybe one day I will (laughs) you know because I can you know other people like them so what the fuck (laughs) return of the obradin it's like olives yeah pretty much (laughs) or marmite No, it's probably not like Marmite. It's clearly a lot more effort than Marmite, depending on your point of view. But then, there we go. Anyway, that's all I've got. Um, Unless anyone's got anything else, I think you might have something, Marcus, you wanted to quickly mention. Um, Just a footnote. Um, Yep, my other half um, has just picked up a copy of the Switch's latest game, uh, Pokemon Sword, because Pokemon Sword and Shield was released on Friday. So she was playing that for... Was it on Friday? Yes, on, it was released on no Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Why? Anyway, fifteenth. Whatever okay, that Marcus, was. First question: Why are there yep. two games, and what is the difference? Uh, there are always yeah. two games. Okay. Kind of why moon. is this? They're like the Sith. Always two. There talk, are. Talk, talk to <laughs> me in layman's terms, um, as someone completely ignorant. Okay. Um, well, the idea is to promote trading between the two games. You'll always get variations mm. or versions of Pokemon that won't exist in one game or the other. Okay. And that's purely it. Story-wise, exactly the same, everything else, but you'll get a variation of something or outright different ones in so is that, one or the other. And it's to between the two. Is that like an online element? Um, it, it was, well, back in the early Game Boy days, it was literally uh, via cable. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you literally, I think now it's done through online and through the Pokemon system or whatever. Or literally, you can connect through wireless really to that. each other and land. 
Um, well, yeah, oh, okay. we swapped a few. I mean, I had to, I've got a two DS, so um, the last one I played was Pokemon. Can't remember. Sun, right. uh, Moon, Sun and Moon. Actually, which was the last full game I think to come out, and then they did Ultra Sun and Ultra. They really Moon. are always two, aren't they? That's bizarre. Yeah, they're always two. They are the Sith. <laughs> 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 to bring it back around to Star Wars again. But um, yeah, but I've got to say quickly, I'm really liking the look of it. The charm and everything about this game is... It's pretty good. Um, it's just a nice RPG element. Um, it looks a bit sort of uh, Dragon Quest-y in the sort of palette, colour palette of the way the world is and stuff like that. But um, they recently took some elements from the uh, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu games that came out. Um, which were kind of like hybrid ones. So this is the first full Pokemon game for the Switch to come out. Um, so the elements of seeing them actually roaming around in the wild, you've got all of that. Um, so he's just reached the part where there was an open world element where you you have to run from one part to another, but the things are bastard hard level. Um, she ran up to something that looked like an angry panda with a leaf in its mouth, and it literally looked at her roared. <laughs> And then she went up to him and went, I'm having that. And um, she was level was seven. Never seen it again. was level 30. It was level 32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm literally sitting there thinking, I want to play this um, because it looks fun. It looks fun. You know what you're getting with Pokemon and you get some staple ones come back. And it's all about the new weird creatures and what they turn into. And it's a surprise and all that sort of stuff. And each one is just literally like a, a mini RPG, and it's that element. And I, I, I quite like the look of the world and everything about it. And I don't know what the storyline is so far, because no one knows yet, because it's new. Unless I went on YouTube and it was spoiled for me. I didn't really know Pokemon it. had a storyline. I thought it's just got Yeah, they've all got storylines. <laughs> yeah, no, they've all they've all got storylines. The there's always a Team Rocket element. It's always an evil organisation trying to enslave the world. Um by either unleashing whatever games legendary Pokemon to inflict darkness and okay. chaos and death. That leads us <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, it's Japanese. Looks cute and cuddly, but there's always a dark meaning behind a lot so of it. So that, that's, that does, does but, kind of help us segue into just one thing I was going to ask Rob, actually. So speaking of uh, evil organisations trying to take over the world, you ordered a Stadia, I thought. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, oh, I didn't okay. do it in the end. Oh, because uh, that, no, that's no, just hit the market. Well, has it though? Mm, a bit. I in, read, in the most bizarre it's gone into... I read the uh, <laughs> the Polygon write up on it, which uh, suggests that it's basically a storefront, but you need you can't just do it like it's supposed to be done. Like the like the, the, the they're trying to shift this founders edition, I think, probably to pay for some of the R and D on it, um, and that's the only way you can really <laughs> use it right now. Mm. Apparently next year it will just be a website that you can play games on on your computer. It does feel like the accountants are running it. It's uh, yes, it's a service where you yeah. can stream games, but you've got to pay over the odds for the game. So that game that you can buy for twenty quid on on other systems, you can pay sixty quid for. Do you think that's a factor to maybe they haven't quite got the streaming tech as smooth for a blanket launch? And it's like a almost like a bottleneck if gateway. I I I I think there's there may be some truth in that, Marcus. Because if you, I, 
if you limit the number of people that are purchasing your service, you're not going to get a full load server. They balance. have they have effectively um, limited their their user base yeah. at the moment. Ooh. So everyone using it will go, yeah, it works fine because you've only got what thousand <laughs> people maybe. Um, as opposed to millions, they are guaranteeing <laughs> that user base though 4K, 60 frames per second, which according oh, yeah. to Polygon, they they were not getting as a standard. Things, you know, the reviews are out now. A lot of people are saying, no. "I reviewed this by taking it home and playing it at home on my connection." Some people have got something like I've got, you know, so similar to what you were describing earlier. I think before we started recording, Marcus, you yeah. know, basically it's the copper. Fibre going to the nearest connection, then yeah. copper broadband coming through. Rob, I know you've got a, uh, a hell of a connection, um, but I must admit, I just, I just don't got- want to pay full <laughs> price for games when I don't need to. No, especially no. since there isn't anything outright, and the games are yeah. well, they're already out. And I, can't, on a lot yeah. of and I can play those offline. There's like one yeah. exclusive, but it doesn't look that amazing. You know, it's no, <laughs> it's like a, I don't even know what it is. It's called like. Gist, Google Gist employee like, the game. Yes, you can't even buy it right now anyway. Like all the people that, that decided they were gonna get in on it did it and uh, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing with it now. Playing Destiny Two, I guess. That's like the the pack in it is which is now right free now, to play on a case for me. Uh, yeah. especially having just bought a switch. Um I'd kind of just forgotten about it. I think I'd just forgotten yeah. about it or, There's no or killer I don't know. I I think I just reached breaking point with uh, with the switch. I just wanted one really badly, so had to hat. <laughs> the switch has a number of killer apps. The yeah. switch has a thing that you can't do anywhere else, um, and doesn't require a. Constant yeah, I think it was. I think it was that moment when I realised. I think it was over a din. Ironically, not yeah. the greatest game I've played. It. I think that was the that was the snapping <laughs> point. Was oh, actually, there's nothing on my Steam wishlist anymore. It's all on Switch. Oh, and there's a fucking Steam sale on, effectively, (laughs) on the Switch. So it's got that level of ecosystem behind Mm. it already. So to me, and it was just driving me mad, like the amount of games that I I had not played this year, (laughs) you know, I was like, actually, if I get a Switch, I'll like double the amount of games I've played from 2019, probably. (laughs) You know, it's just... It has taken yeah. me by surprise how much is getting ported over and yeah. how quickly as well. Yeah. It's, I've not seen anything well, like The Switch is now becoming, bearing in mind it's the lowest yeah. tech platform out there, essentially. Um, but it's, I think it's just something different. It's, 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 it's given that niche that Nintendo have always done, which is the family platform. The, the platform that's also yeah. for people that aren't particularly into games. And it's doing it, but it's also, seriously catering some of the hardcore gamers yeah it's mental I mean you've got everything on you've got pretty much most things being ported to it now and I I, to be honest I I applaud them let let the big boys kind of do their usual thing and Nintendo go off and do their own and they they know what they're doing I have to admit it was a game I've played so many times before for so many hours but when I loaded up my uh, switch with Skyrim a couple of years ago now must be a couple of years ago, terrifyingly. <laughs> um, yeah, loading up Skyrim and just going back through those opening scenes again. But whilst I was travelling, yeah, to I'm work, thinking of because uh, I still awesome. haven't played the, uh, and I still I'm pleased with myself. I didn't actually buy uh, Blood and Wine, the final Witcher expansion, and that is part of the, <gasps> of the Switcher. 
So I was thinking of getting it because that's a 30 hour game yes. on its own. That's <laughs> like, no, like that oh, expansion. Easy. More than that. So, so I could, I could totally yeah. justify oh, sorry, sorry, buying, yeah. which, buying Switcher oh, to play Blood and Wine. I'll be honest, I, I don't know if you recall, I think I, I mentioned on the podcast, I, I did it. Uh, I bought the uh, expansions, but uh, what I felt I had to do was play through the main game again because I'd forgotten how incredibly long that was. But to do that on a mobile platform, not at the expense of your home gaming, as just a way of destroying your commute, you're going to want to... You'll be Oh, I know, yeah, it's going to be mad. I mean, I already do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You were getting different trains just to have all the Sorry, I ended up going by Birmingham. I mean, it's so great. Uh, you know, it really does speed up the commute. I mean, I must admit, sometimes in the mornings, I if I've if I've been up late playing on PlayStation or whatever, I, I or drinking, I don't often get it out on in the morning. But it, it, invariably, you know, I, on the way back, it really does just take the fucking effort out of that effort, that epic commute. I do, it really does. Um, but yeah, no one's played yeah. Death Stranding. Awesome. No. And I don't believe I ever will. No. Oh, yeah. You know what I'll pick um, up first? Days gone. I, I'm, 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 I'm hankering yeah, I know. for a it's bit been of post so long. Apocalypse, you know, it's been a while. I, if, if it drops, if it drops, like, probably on the other side of um, New I know, Year, uh, my fr- I might, I might dip into it. I was almost... Just just to bite the bullet and let you guys know what I'll do the same when Days Gone. Um, <laughs> I might do it. Not, not. I'm not going to put any kind of actual capital towards it because it's fucking mental. Kojima is full, not over nine thousand mentalness. You know, not held back by Sony and given all the money yeah. in the goddamn universe. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> As an old fan, I of almost invited games, my I'm old really housemate on to talk about this that because he's been um, playing it. But. There's, I must say, there's literally oh, nothing. I've, I've seen a, a couple of videos, mostly on highlight reel from K- Kotaku. Um, I've read some reviews. There's just nothing there for me. I saw one bit that was just weird. It was this guy was just like being held upside down by his leg, and then it turned out he was being held by this. I don't know how tall this thing was, but it was ginormous. This thing just blinked into existence, and then it. It just it, something exploded, and then next minute Norman Reedus was on a beach, and it was all weird. And I was just like, "This is like someone took all the speed." And you know, drugs the thing that annoys me the most about it is the not the fact that they, he seems to have just, <laughs> just scanned like... in every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry that 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 exists in celebrity <laughs> culture. Yeah, but the fact that he's not mocap their voice, so they're all voiced by different random people. So, you know, you've got Guillermo del Toro there and Conan O'Brien and fucking Gil- whatever. Well, Guillermo? Not Guillermo. Yeah, oh. I've seen Guillermo's in there. And he's, it's he's just in there. like... He calls himself Dead Man. <laughs> there is oh, someone called Die, Die Hard, Hard Man. man. Oh, that's a different... No, there was someone that's else called Die Hard Man. Yeah. Oh, actually, was he Die Hard Man? No, that's Bruce Willis. No, Die Hard Man's... Apparently, die. Yeah, yeah this, I just can't so be asked. Really I know it's just going to annoy the yeah, fuck out of me. It just says it all. <laughs> I, I, the, 
the little bit I watched during lunchtime, I was getting flashbacks to Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> oh dear! Is it going to be the French man? The no, train thank man, you, sir. The, the key man. <laughs> I shall have none of it. None of it. I shall have. Uh, no. Oh, like I said. Yeah. All right then. Watch this uh, space I think in the new year. Round it off. <laughs> uh, that's a nice neat hour there. I think we'll be back yeah. uh, around Christmas time with our games of the year. Yeah. And uh, until then, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Not Playing Podcast, part of the Not Listening Podcast Network, where you can also find the Not Watching Podcast, where we talk about movies and TV, and the Not Listening Podcast, where you can hear Adam and Co. talk about all kinds of nonsensical nonsense. You can email us at notplayingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at or follow us on Twitter at notplayingpod. You can find the show notes for all our shows at notlistening.co.uk. And if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, bye! With no food here. My friend, I'm inclined to agree Cause I suck, you suck. I suck at Call of Duty no me I suck at Call of Duty Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th, C-Club for details.